this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the in focus podcast i'm g sampath your host for today's episode just a few weeks ago we were all celebrating india's best ever medals tally at the tokyo olympics and now india has produced its best performance ever at this year's paralympics we have already won 10 medals with two gold five silver and three bronze medals this has generated a lot of curiosity both about these wonderful athletes from india and about the paralympics itself for the physically challenged the rules and requirements of competition are different from what they are in the conventional forms of the sport the athletes also come under the purview of a different body the paralympic committee of india pci which incidentally was suspended by the sports ministry in 2019 for misgovernance and yet in just 2 years since the suspension india's para athletes have managed to produce a wonderful performance at the highest level what went into it and how do we build on it to answer these questions and more we speak with rakesh rao deputy editor sports at the hindu rakesh thank you so much for joining us oh, thank you so much sampath it is always a pleasure being on the show rakesh indian athletes this year have delivered a wonderful performance in the history of paralympics india's history at the paralympics so what are the factors behind this welcome development uh, well a few for sure one of them happens to be the kind of you know the kind of investment that the government of india has done since 2016 if you recall that in 2015 the pci the paralympics committee of india that was suspended and uh, that was also the time when the international paralympic committee uh, had said that uh, see we don't want the indian athletes to suffer so we'll try and accommodate the indian athletes but then of course later everything was worked out indians did go there and take part and uh, thereafter once they returned uh, from the 2016 games where of course uh, our performance if you see overall we did reasonably well there in the sense that uh, in the past we hadn't uh, won as many but there we went and um, we won uh, a good number of uh, you know medals overall and that was total was four imagine and, and that was our best ever number because only 19 participants were sent and they returned with two golds one silver and a bronze so that was a grand total of four now after that which was our best ever uh, that was 2016 what the government of india did was under the top scheme they started including the para athletes as well now tops means uh, target olympic podium scheme uh, where the government spends a good amount of money for uh, for the training of the athletes training competition and also any other needs that they have that means a support staff you need a doctor to travel with you you need a physio to travel with you or whatever that that particular discipline demands the government of india has started funding so this particular you know this kind of a task force that was formed uh with some of the great names of indian sports and they all got together and para got its share also so a lot of credit has to be given to the government of india here and not so much to pci because pci is has has a very little role to play because there are more more often than not they haven't been uh, the best example of governance so this is where the government should be given a lot of credit and to the athletes i mean despite all the challenges both physical and otherwise they have been at it so a lot of work has gone into it and this is also the time 
for us to keep aside the controversy for the time being and just hail these athletes because because they've done a fantastic job they have put in everything that they possibly could and the very fact that you know the, the rise in the number of people uh, from india taking part in these games for example just to give a quick look in 2012 it was only 10 athletes and then in 2016 it became 19 that was almost double and from 2016 to 2021 that means in the space of 5 years we have moved from 19 to 54 and uh, if you also see when we started winning something that was in in uh, 2012 we had just one silver medal and then it became four in 2016 and today we are talking about 10 medals and counting so yes a lot of a lot of work has gone into it but primarily i'll give more credit to the government of india than any other uh, factor but of course the athletes have done their job uh yes uh, rakesh and the athletes seem to have done a terrific job because uh, 10 medals from a contingent of 54 is a a pretty good ratio i don't think uh, it's comparable with the ratio of the more conventional uh, contingent uh, however one one of the things which mystified me uh, while reading about the paralympics was this bronze medal for uh, vinod kumar which we were celebrating but then the next day uh, they withdrew the medal because of some uh, confusion about eligibility and so on uh, what went wrong and could it have been avoided it was definitely avoidable because before we get into this let me just try and explain what this classification means because you know you have different levels of challenge for a, a para athlete not everybody has the same kind of challenge so there is a classification system what they do is they normally have this you know uh, eligibility criteria for different athletes i'll just give you a very small example if we take swimming you have anything between s1 to s10 that means s1 that category means the the athlete is most challenged and s10 he is least challenged so this impairment has different uh, types and uh, olympics has actually identified these this can be impaired you know uh, uh, vision then it can be you know like limb or uh, the range of movement that you have then there is a leg length difference or short stature there are two people for instance both are on a wheelchair now somebody can be on the wheelchair because of the kind of challenges that he faces as far as his limbs are concerned another person on the wheelchair can have something to do with his spine so there is a medical team that actually classifies it and then there is a technical side that sees that okay whichever is a chosen field of uh, proficiency is this person amply challenged there uh, so you you are classified accordingly for example if your dominant hand is right hand and then you lose your left hand so they also try and see that whether while 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 playing this particular sport how much of a of a challenge is that to play without your left hand because you're going to use only you're going to hold the racket with your right hand and play that is how it is actually divided in the case of vinod probably what has happened is that when the pci team which is the paralympics committee of india they have a, a team which 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 actually uh, checks this out probably they didn't do their job i can't be too sure but we are we we are yet to you know hear a very uh, i mean a very detailed uh, detailed explanation of what really happened i think they are waiting for the games to come to an end and probably they look deeper into it and try to get a very clear cut explanation however the this has been a national embarrassment let's face it and uh, i think the people responsible should be identified and i think whatever the law uh, allows you i think it it should it should it should just 
follow its course and uh, we should ensure that such things don't happen because this is a serious embarrassment right so rakesh you just explain how there are different levels of physical disability and how they have to be correctly identified categorized and matched uh, with the competition but but let's say you said uh, s1 is the highest uh, uh level of disability in s10 is the least right in terms of swimming so how do you ensure that let's say there are five competitors in an event and each one is one is s1 another one is s2 s3 s4 s5 so they have, each of them are in five different categories so how do how do they compete in one event and how do you decide a winner how does it no, no no they don't compete together in one event that means say if it is swimming only s1 swimmers will be there when they are competing a s1 person will compete only with s1 Okay, which means that in one one event there are different uh, uh, different number of medals given for each category, each level of disability. There's a separate separate one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't you don't you don't mix the two. In fact, if there is a person who is eligible or he's classified into into say S one, then he will not be mixed with somebody who is S seven, for example, because that S seven guy will win easily. very very easily because look at the difference in the degree of challenge faced by the two athletes so that's why you have the classification so it means if we take swimming and if in swimming there are like 10 different events you know freestyle uh, you know breaststroke butterfly each one will have a different one i mean it will be like in s1 you will have freestyle backstroke breaststroke butterfly and then of course individual medley everything is separate so that means in uh, for each of those events which in a conventional version will have uh, one set of uh, uh, gold medal uh, silver medal bronze medal here for there are 10 categories of uh, disability there will be 10 but then you need not have all the events you need not necessarily have all the events so they cut down on the events i'll give you an example like for instance there's a lady in our uh, badminton team now parul is a person who is world number 1 in something called S3 she is a badminton player world number 1 in S3 but she's taking part in S4 here for the simple reason that S3 is not included in this year's olympics and she being in her late 40s she just wanted to take part so she made a request and she has come into a category which is which is far more easier for her her opponents to beat her because they don't face the same degree of disability S4 has less degree of difficulty as compared to S3 so she despite being world number 1 in her category she's getting beaten here quite uh, quite convincingly by her opponents so that also happens but she couldn't have moved from you know i mean she uh, being from s3 she can take part in s uh, s4 but from s4 she couldn't have moved into s3 right so how is this decision taken not to have a competition in a particular sport especially when you have a world champion in that sport i mean how do you you know we had mansi joshi and uh, parul they played the 19 i mean 2019 world championship final so that leaves india with both the gold as well as the silver this was held at the same venue a day after i mean uh, the week after uh, pv sindhu won the gold it was at the same venue basel in uh, switzerland so uh, mansi didn't take part because she said that my event is not here I mean, had had it been there, Mansi would have been uh, definitely there as a world champion in S3 because there is no S3, there is S4. So the person who lost to Mansi is there, and then of course she is not doing so well because it's like uh, you know a lightweight put against a heavyweight. So you know that is not uh, a fair competition, but here it's allowed. Like in boxing or say wrestling or in any other event 
which goes by weight categories, you cannot, uh, you know, mix the two weights. You can't have a person of a different weight range in your weight category. So, but in this case, they've allowed it. So, Parul is taking part in something which is not her event. Although she's a S3 world number one, but in S4, uh, she's not even seeded. And she's getting uh, beaten quite convincingly. So, they usually decide basis the number of entries or participants in that particular category? Is that they have a yeah, limit? Yeah, they have because you have to qualify for it. For example, there is one category uh, in you know, like men's section. There are only six competitors. But these six competitors are among the top seven players of the world. That means except world number six, the other six players, that means world number one, two, three, four, five, and seven, they're taking part. And that is all there is to it. There are only six players. So out of these six players, three are going to go back with medals. So, you know, you don't have uh, as many entries in every single classification or the category which you have. So uh, you'll have, uh, you know, like 10 entries or 12 entries or, or so on and so forth. So here the numbers are lesser. For instance, um, if we if we look at an overall uh, view of this, see there are only five thousand. I mean, so uh, I'm sorry, four and a half thousand athletes from 163 countries. Which, as compared to say Olympics, Olympics, I mean the normal, you know, Olympics, Summer Olympics as we call it, uh, that will have something like eleven thousand athletes from say water about close to 200 countries. So the ratio is not the same. Right. So uh, coming back uh, to the Indian scene here, so what, what according to you, you've been following this for a long time, what do you think are the biggest challenges uh, facing uh, a budding para-athlete in India? Well, number one, uh, we don't have the same, um, you know, we don't give priority to the kind of challenges with our uh, para-athletes face. Now, we are only talking about para-athletes here, but allow me to just go a little beyond this. When it comes to people with uh, special abilities or people who are differently challenged, um, I think I think we as a society, we need to do a lot. And uh, that is all. I mean, it begins from that point. So the challenge is once you take up a spot and then if you start doing well, consider yourself blessed. I often felt, you know, I, I, I often said this. That in India, if as a para-athlete, if you're doing well, you, you are in a minuscule percentage of people who, despite all the challenges which you are which you're facing, if you're doing well there, that means, uh, you know, I mean, your percentage would be maybe less than 1%. Uh, the, I mean, you, you will be considered among the fractions uh, of those, I mean, the, the percentage uh, of people who are blessed to do so well. Because most of uh, the people, they carry this burden or the kind of stigma of being differently able. We, are, we, we haven't still come to terms with uh, people with special abilities. And that has a lot to do with uh, the kind of society that we are and uh, lack of education. I think, I think a lot needs to be done there. And now if we move from there, if that is the background, then it is easy, easy for us to understand that what kind of challenges do these para-athletes face. Number one, they don't have as many opportunities like able-bodied people have. Uh, then the way they're governed, the way they're administered, I think, I think that needs uh, to be uh, looked into. And uh, the amount of controversies don't help them at all because they are not the one who are, who are creating it. It is the way the administration, that is the PCI, probably one body that, is, that, that has faced a good number of sanctions. Uh, they've been suspended both by the world body as well as the the sports ministry more than once. So uh, that is not good news. 
credit to these, I mean, you have to give credit to these para-athletes for their resilience. For example, I'll just give you one, one name I'll take, Devendra, Devendra Jajarya. Now, in the country of, say, 1.3.5 billion people now, uh, the, the kind of, the kind of uh, respect that he should enjoy, probably he hasn't got it yet. Of course, you've given him the awards and all, but where's the recognition? He is, I mean, he has taken part in uh, three Olympics spread over five. That means he was there in 2004 when he won his first gold medal. Then he had to wait until 2016 because in 2008 and 2012, his event did not figure in the, in the schedule of events for the Olympics. So poor fellow, he waited and he came back in 2016, won his second gold medal. Imagine his first gold was in 2004 could take part in 8 and 12 for no fault of his. Then he wins another gold in 2016, goes to Tokyo and wins a silver this time. So out of three appearances in the Olympics, he has a gold, gold and a silver. Hat trick of medals, but we still don't give him his due. So that is where I feel that, you know, these people on their own, they're fighting their own battles silently. They're not in focus. And this is where probably we need to understand that if we are honoring an Olympian, Let's not draw a line between these two in a hurry. Para um, athletes should be given their due. I'm not saying just draw a direct comparison, which is not fair. But at the same time, I think they deserve to be treated better. They, I mean, we should talk more about them and not between just, uh, you know, uh, from a Paralympics to another Paralympics. We, I mean, of course, in between they win a gold medal in the Asian Games. They are the best in their category. But do we, do we give them that? you know, they do. So they face a lot of challenges within. But then that's only one side of the picture. Uh, they also have to uh, deal with a lot of controversies and a lot of stuff that takes place. Uh, and I think that is where, uh, I think that's a different subject, actually. Uh, but I think we can talk about it, uh, uh, you know, as in when we get the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I was actually going to come to that, you know, you, you made a very good point that we should be talking about para-athletes, you know, right, throughout, not just from one Paralympics to the next one, you know. So what happens in between is very interesting. You, you read about it from time to time. Like some time back, I remember reading some news items about uh, the escorts that these athletes need when they travel to an event outside the country and how uh, that often gets uh, misused. In fact, on one occasion, I think in the London Paralympics, uh, it became a big controversy as well. So, what exactly, how does this escort uh, uh, aspect work and how do they get misused and do we have systems in place now to ensure that uh, these kinds of anomalies uh, do not recur? Great question, Sampath. Uh, you know, because I'm so glad uh, you, you spoke about uh, escorts. Uh, see, uh, why do you need an escort? Because, because that escort is supposed to help the athlete with just, not just, uh, you know, uh, with... Uh, uh, with, say, you know, carrying the staff or something like that. Besides that, I mean, let's face it, uh, the, the escort, normally a member of the family, uh, that person, he or she, uh, will help the athlete uh, do a lot of things. Like, in fact, you know, change of clothes. Uh, and uh, in, in certain cases, a lot of personal things have to be taken care of. Uh, th that escort is present, you know. and uh, in, in this case, like in a lot of cases, uh, you know, uh, whether it was 2012 and later on as well, um, uh, you know, what, what these people end up doing is they send somebody who is an escort, all right, but the person is not from the family. 
that means what you're doing is you're leaving that athlete to fend for himself or herself. Now, this is where I think the government saw this even in the past. And uh, there have been times when uh, uh, the government of India took note of it. And when uh, I'm, I'm reminded of 2011, when uh, government of India, that is sports ministry, uh, came up uh, with, a, with, a, with a decision to de-recognize the Paralympics Committee of India. And the kind of observations which they made, uh, they're startling. Uh, uh, it's like uh, they say that uh, uh, PCI, in fact, came up with things like, you know, false utilization certificate of the grants given by the government. Can you beat that? Then, in fact, they, they failed to reimburse the amount given to one gentleman, Ajay Kumar Maurya. Then they left one female athlete, Manjula, uh, stranded at the Delhi airport on her way back uh, after participating in the Asian Games. And uh, yeah, I mean, these are some of the observations. I mean, if you go through the report, it is, it is quite startling. And that left the government with no option but to de-recognize uh, PCI. So what happens is when you talk about escorts, these escorts have to be genuine. In fact, uh, when the athlete says that, look, I need my, my sister or my mother to be with me, obviously that female athlete has a reason to ask for it. Or in some cases, they say, let my husband be my uh, be my escort. That is fine. Now, I'll give you one example in Tokyo, what is happening right now as we speak. There is one athlete, uh, she's on a wheelchair. Now, the person who has gone as her escort is her husband who's also on wheelchair. Now, how is this escort uh, going to help the lady? That is one part. Now, the coach is escorting both the husband and wife. Now, Somebody has to, you know, question this, but uh, they're being cleared by the authorities. Uh, you can't just get up and go. So you have to be cleared. And I don't know how they've been able to convince the people that look, uh, um, uh, because, because normally an escort is an able-bodied uh, person or somebody at least who can be of uh, help to each other here. The escort also needs probably another escort. So that that is what startles me. Uh, but then these uh, decisions are taken at a certain level because they know what they're talking about and the kind of decisions they're taking. It surprises me or you, but I think a lot of questions need to be asked. So, and this is happening even as we speak. So, uh, a lot of uh, correct. Are, are there also instances where uh, sports officials uh, send uh, their own uh, contacts or family members? As escorts for a free uh, junket or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been a case, and this has also been reported, uh, that there was this uh, games where uh, the Indian, Indian, Indian athletes were sent, and the people who went as escorts were actually custom officials. I mean, a large number of people were custom officials who just dumped these uh, athletes, and they went about on their own. Uh, and uh, that was inquired, and uh, again, it led to the suspension of uh, the PCI. So PCI uh, has been suspended a good number of times. I mean, at least definitely more than once as we speak. I mean, there are so many such instances and there's all recorded by the sports ministry and sports ministry also has uh, suspended. So that means uh, the PCI has received suspensions from both the international body as well as uh, the, you know, the national sports ministry. So a lot of things need to get better. And what better time can we have for, for us to become honest about how things can be done in a far better manner than, uh, you know, soon after the, uh, you know, the celebrations die down, I think we need to take a hard look at uh, the governance part of it. 
and this is where i think uh, the sports uh, the sports ministry the sports authority of india they need to sit down and give a very honest look i think i think that's what i feel that pci or anything to do with the para what it lacks is vision i mean these are all very short sighted kind of uh, or rather very you know knee jerk reactions to things that they all are looking for quick fix uh, solutions that is not the way forward i think we need to be very serious and honest about what we can do for them because this is a great uh, platform and uh, when i look at the number of uh, sponsors for this event now that is just a reflection of uh, you know there are companies which are coming forward on their own uh, to support the indian olympic team uh, uh, and uh, that is where i think we need to just sit down and you know be fair to these sponsors because these sponsors have come forward and uh, they are helping out these people and that's one of the reasons i think can you imagine the each kit of these para athletes each person the kind of kit that he or she is given it costs 60000 rupees that means it has a ceremonial uh, kit besides that your whatever the you know i mean the shoes and the track suit and whatever there are you know there are socks and stuff like that but everything adds up to almost 60000 per head and there are more than 100 people there 54 athletes plus officials and others so looking at it one has to uh, just understand that there are i mean there are people who are supporting them patronage is 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 quite impressive for example this time if you see there are i think some uh, some uh, i mean close to 20 uh, sponsors have come forward it's uh, it can be a little more than 20 so so you have to give it to these people there are a few banks which are there uh, there are a few you know uh, psus are there some private uh, companies oil companies um, i mean it's it's quite impressive but can you retain them can you can you uh, you know give an example of great governance so that these sponsors come back uh, that's what uh, it should be like but uh, i'm i'm still waiting for Uh, the team to return and i don't want any controversy after the team returns because there'll be a lot of people who who would like their share under the sun uh, they would like their moments of fame but uh, one has to be fair i think you know more than just trying to please people and uh, see i'm all for empathy i'm i'm all for um, just forwarding or extending it to those people who deserve it but uh, i think i think what is required is vision and a pretty honest approach right i think uh, rakesh uh, we are running out of time so just one final word from you if uh, if we want to build on our success uh, at the tokyo paralympics what are the three things uh, that you think we should we should execute so that we come back with even better performances and sponsors are uh, more interested the more number of sponsors come forward and and, and we are able to take it forward in the best way possible uh sampath in my view uh number one as i've already said about vision i mean let's be honest about how we are looking forward to the next games which are just 3 years away uh and in between of course you're going to have the asian games and stuff so it is just work in progress so we can't just say okay we are looking from olympics to olympics uh vision in the sense that you know plan things better and be honest because there'll be so much of infighting that i keep seeing and this is where government doesn't interfere because it says sports uh and sports federations they are autonomous so we don't want to get into it but in case of para i think i think they need to be a little more uh, uh you know i mean they have to intervene uh, more 
I'm not saying uh, just interfere. No, I don't want the government to interfere, but at least keep an eye, supervise things because I think their governance record, I mean, record is so poor that you can't just leave it to the same hands all over again and, this, and, and, and then you suspend them again and then it will be like back to square one. Leave the athletes stress-free. For me, that is so important because these athletes are mostly stressed. They don't know when the federation is going to get or, or face another suspension. Then their participation in all the tournaments, that's under a cloud. So you ensure that the athletes don't suffer. That's where I think the government intervention or the government's role becomes so much important. I mean, important in the sense that they don't uh, interfere in the day-to-day -day working of it, but keep an eye. That's one. And second is, I mean, uh, uh, and then the next point is that we need to you just give more opportunities. These guys get very limited opportunities. That's probably the reason why they want to latch on to everything and you give them an award and, you know, they, they, they don't want to share it with anyone. They'll fight for everything. And that's what I've seen among the para-athletes. Probably they have a reason to do so because they don't get too many opportunities. So whatever little that they get, they don't want to share it with anybody or they, they think that this is their last opportunity. They may not get another chance. So, I mean, we need to address these issues and make the para-athletes, uh, you know, uh, more secure and treat them better. I think I think a lot of uh, a lot of things have been said about them. But I think for the time being, let's not get into the darker side of uh, the games and stuff. But I think these athletes need to be hailed. They have to be treated. Um, you know, as well as you treat anybody else, because I think they are as equal as me and you. Right. Uh, hopefully, uh, these athletes will get more recognition than they have in the past. They, will, they should be treated better, absolutely. And hopefully, uh, they will also get more opportunities so that uh, they feel more secure and are able to focus on the sport itself. Rakesh, thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you on this very, very fascinating stuff. Thank, thank you. you so much, Sampar, for having me on the show. It's always a pleasure. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for in focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.